0: Well trust you had a good you have a good week, you have a pretty fun week, yeah. average week, adventures week. In other words, let's just say it this way. If you didn't have any real big problems, you're say you're blessed. You're blessed. Nothing real major happened. No bloods, no uh, dead batteries, no. on and on it goes break anything, including bones so forth. God loves his people. God loves to be involved in your life with the details. I believe that. I believe that God is interested in what you're up to, right? But he's also wanting you to be interested in what he's up to. I believe God is always up to something. That He's planning. He has a plan. He has a purpose. That He's directing. He's orchestrating, trying to get us to where we ah. Okay, now He's now He's coming along. Yeah, now now yes. Ah, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. One more time. One more time. Yes, I'm title. I'm titling my message today: Growing up, growing up. How many have heard the expression? Some people never grow up. Have you heard that expression? How many have ever had that said to you? you no, know, don't raise your hand. Oh. And some people never grow up. What does that mean? I just just want to, you know, not really have you have any responsibility, you know. Right? Wouldn't that be just fun? Think back, you know, you didn't have much responsibility when you were a kid. Maybe you did. But, you know, I had the chores growing up. It was good for me. I had chores. And I, I didn't, I don't, I like to do it. You know, I like to help out. But uh, life is full of mundane, ordinary stuff. You go to work, you do this, you do you you have your your whatever agendas, your lists of things to do lists. But all in all, it's like, okay, what is my purpose? Why am I doing what I'm doing? What is it that God is really? doing and wanting to do, too. And so growing up, and the aspect of growing up in him. And so sometimes we'll be tested in how we're doing. Like tested, I mean really tested. Our patients may be tested. And we'll, see, we'll just think, how, how mature am I now? Really? I thought I was doing pretty good <laughs> until, you know, fail that test, you know, stuff happens. And life is full of the unknown, full of uncertainties. Right? We never know what's going to take place. That's why we need God, because He knows all things and He sees all things. So we're in Ephesians chapter four, and it's really a, I hope you're enjoying this little book that Paul wrote as he was in prison, that he talked to people, talked to he, he wrote because. He wanted to encourage. And in church today, believers, believe it or not, we need to be encouraged to keep on the right path. And the purpose of the church is to worship God and to encourage one another in the faith. We encourage each other by just showing up. We encourage each other by listening to each other, getting to know each other, praying for each other, reaching out to each other. And so my sister's not here today, so I'm bragging on her a little bit. And she knows I love jelly. She knows I love sweet things, you know. And she always remembers my birthday, and I, it makes me feel guilty because I don't remember hers. And I do feel bad about that. It's something i got to work on. But last Sunday, she brought in two jars of homemade jelly that she, she did. She, knows, she knew that I, I liked jelly. And especially what, the way my mom made it. And so she's kind of like making me choke cherry jelly. And I, I, my mom, I don't recall ever making high bush cranberry. She got a hold of some high bush cranberry. It just makes life sweeter, right? Jelly makes things go down better. How many have a little jelly? Ah, I'm talking your language. The jelly stuff helps life go better. Well, what did I say that for? Well, I think it's the little things. Nathan, you'll find this out, and maybe you already know. But it's the little things that really bring value. It's the things that you cherish. It's the cup of coffee. it's It's the nod. It's the... It's the smile, it's the gesture, it's, it's finding a good bargain. It may seem small, but what you know, some, one of the guys just I'm gonna drive to so-and-so because there it's for whatever gas was there, 337. Is that true? 339? That's a pretty good deal. I pay to go there. And so you're all thinking, where is that place? 'll we'll have to talk to Vern anyway, getting into the message growing up last week we talked how he was he he is able to do everything and anything we talked about a bit about the mystery about Jews and Gentiles alike both being in the same uh relationship with God that together they're going to uh, receive from god we we talked about uh how Paul was made a minister. You know, he just didn't go out and I ah, decide one day I'm gonna be a minister. He was messed up. But God, the, there's the whole another mess that we preach sometimes. But God intervened. And so how many have friends, relatives? They're messed up. We don't put them down, but they need help. They need an intervention. And so what Paul is getting to in his message, that we, the church, as he, we read at the beginning, now you can put the verses. Thank you. Therefore, the prisoner of the Lord treat you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. Note here how Paul is saying, we have been called. We implore you to walk in a manner worthy. In other words, what is... What is the manner worthy? What does that look like? None of us feel worthy. I don't think we really, if we were to take a poll, how many feel worthy? We don't feel worthy. But who makes us worthy? Right? Jesus. His death and resurrection, his blood, makes us worthy to walk with God. And how we walk with God is, the next verse explains a little bit more. With all humility, how I many like humble people, gentleness with patience, and showing tolerance for one another? That that sounds like a good, a, a good mate right there. I'm just throwing this out. I mean, this would be the perfect wife or the perfect husband, Nathan. With all humility, gentleness, with patience. If they were patient, <sighs> because how many knows you need people with patience if you're going to be around? Right? I'm just throwing this out here. I'm just getting you to think. We are called to God. What are we called to God for? What? What's the, what's the deal? What's it all about? We're called to know him. We're called to love him. We are called to walk with him. Oh, walk. I I I could, I'm not walking on me, my doing my own thing. But he's walking, we're walking together. Life is a companionship. Life has been, God's intentions was, he created the family to be a, together. Husband and wife, a man and woman, to bring about his kingdom work. And to take care of the garden, Adam and Eve. All you got to do is watch over. They had it perfect. It was perfect. God came down, walked with them in the garden. Now this manner in which we ought to walk is is what what we have to ask ourselves, so what we can we do if God we and we know this, God is always watching, but sometimes we forget. And sometimes we lose track of it. And so, humility is a big one when it comes to our Lord. Because he says in his word that he will bless those who are humble. But he also says he will bring down those who are proud. And that word proud is not to be misunderstood, not in a pride in a sense that is you know, there is a healthy pride. I believe that, that we we be proud of what we accomplish through the help of God. But there's a pride when it when it gets too extreme it goes, it gets out of place where we begin to think, well, this is what look what I've done, and, and it all becomes one's self. And this is what I'm getting to. It's really practical. When we're in conversation with maybe someone we never met, you know, it happens, right? We get to meet people. One of the things, this is how I have learned being an introvert. I learned this some time ago. You know what? I can be an introvert and still have conversation with strangers, but I ask the question. I, I have to be interested in them. Did you know that shy people can also be in conversation with strangers? I'm one of them. Growing up, I would rather run the other way. I'd rather hide under the bed if there's visitors that come to a home until I knew that it was safe to come out. If I knew them, I was all okay with it. But if it was somebody that, oh, my goodness, they're going to want to come over and they're going to want to say something to me. They're going to want me to say something to them, and I'm going to go, I don't know what to say. But as we grow up, as we are growing up, Growing into, becoming a man or woman, in the Lord. It's a process, and so I learned to ask questions. And you know what people like is if they get to share what they're doing. If you seem interested in what they're doing, that makes them feel good, right? Valuable. Are you catching what I'm laying down? You you begin. You take the role of, you know, tell me about yourself. You know, what's what your living? That's a good that's a question up here. Have you lived here long? That's a good question up here. We have all kinds of people coming and going in our community. You know, some are here, uh, seasonally, some are here, you know, off and on. And we get to know some of the locals, those are the locals. But some people, just, you know, kind of get you guys live here? You guys uh, you have a home here. You have a cabin here. You like to fish, you know. You you protect this interest in them, and so when people step into our doors and they're visiting, you, I'm not saying go mob them. But if you sense, you know what, just reach out and say hi. Thanks for coming. Uh, have, are you are you guys from this area? You know, just get interested in. Them. If they if they say, well, no, and they want to, and, and they're going like this, you probably better back off. You know what I'm saying? Because the scripture that we're, what I'm referring to is later in the text. Hmm. Where Word talks about, oh, I know what it is. It's Philippians. That's why I couldn't find it in the text. And so, Philippians 2, that's it. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, notice the word humility, let each of you regard one another as more important than himself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. There it is. That's huge. That's That's a big win. But when we're trying to meet and trying to grow the church, we're trying to reach new people, we have to come across as being interested in them. Right? We want, do they really want us? Visitors come, first thing they see is the parking lot. They've already decided if they're going to come back. step in the door, they're looking for the bathroom. They're looking for, you know, who's here. And so all this, all this adds up. We warm, and I think we do a pretty good job at it. This is being aware, being sensitive, uh, reaching out to folks. And then when you, you know, out in the community, just, Remembering names is hard for me. I can remember pretty close faces, but Carrie's rescued me many times. He says this, can you help me remember you? That's pretty low-key, right? Instead of say I was say, what's your name again? No, it's like kindness, gentleness. I'm sorry. Have I met you somewhere, but I'm having a hard time? I've had people come and hey, 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 hey. remember when you did that job? And I say, No. I'm saying this. I know, I don't remember you, but I'm trying. I'm trying. Where was it? What was it like? We all have this working, this having to work. Some people seem to make it look easy. You just be yourself. But this is key. To be interested in others, in order to walk in a manner worthy, has to do with how I treat my neighbor. Now, if they're over there making loud noises, probably not best to go over there with my fist saying, you guys are very cool. That's probably... What they'd say to me, I'm over there running my chains on, you know, carrying on. Neighbors can really be at each other, or they can be the best of friends. And I just encourage, let's try to be a good neighbor. Let's know our neighbors. Let's get to know their needs. Who knows it may lead to an opportunity where you invite them to something, to your home, to a cookout or even a church. It's just living amongst people. Walking in the manner worthy also relates to church people. Brothers and sisters of the Lord, we ought to be sharing with each other in such a way that would be attractive to people that are not yet buying into this whole church thing. And so if we're we're not if we don't like each other, we have a real problem, right? Who wants to go to a church that they don't even like each other? No, We're not that way. We like each other. We love to interact. How is your work week? How, did, did you get anything done this week? You know, just a simple thing. How did it go? And here's another one. You remember what they said maybe the week or two before, and you asked them, how did it turn out? That's the way you're showing interest. You get try to live from their perspective, and so this whole idea of walking with God has to do with love God, love people. Right, first commandment, greatest commandment, love God. But Jesus said, love your neighbors, yourself. That's it's the two greatest commandments, and so as we. We get those down. We try to work on them. We try to be patient. And so the, the test comes when we're, when we're in a tight spot, and somebody that maybe you don't know doesn't mm, rubs you the wrong way and tests you. And then we think, ah, oh, I don't want to blow it. And sometimes we blow it and we have to ask God to forgive us and help us, and we keep growing and don't stop. Don't give up. Don't quit. Another great verse that has to do with encouraging others. Romans chapter 14, verse 19. Good job, guys. So then let us pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another. Period. What is this saying? You can win the war, but lose the battle. Is that right? You can win the argument, but lose out in relationship. At some point, we have to say, this is not getting anywhere. And so with Paul, he gets gets into this this whole chapter, and he even gets... Very, really, down to the nitty-gritty, and he talks about even the words that proceed out of her mouth, even the attitude of her heart, or even being angry can can become a problem if we let let it anger and not dealing with it. And the Lord needs to help us. So, growing up is not easy. But guess what? Everyone's still in a process. You can rest. You're not the only one that wrestles with issues. You're, not, you're saved. You believe God. You, you want to walk in the Spirit, and you are. And yet there are days when you, you don't feel like you're in the Spirit. Come on. But God hasn't left you. It's just a matter of arranging getting your mindset back in the right place so you get on the right page with God and then you get into harmony with God and now your God is the yes yes now you now you now you're doing doing what I called you you're walking in my strength and not your own so secondly number 1 we talked about walking in a manner worthy so God knows we're going to have problems God knows we're going to need encouragement so God says Paul's letter says in verse 11, he gave some as apostles, he gave gifts to the church. Backing up this grace in verse 7. Each one of us, but to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. And then we read down further. He gave some as as apostles, prophets. We, we We know there's several here. I believe there's called the five uh, five of them here, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. What are they what are they all about? Are they perfect people? Nope. But they're striving to please God. If they're pursuing God and open to God, God is able to use even people that are not perfect. Thank the Lord. Is there a perfect church? I haven't found one yet. I'm not looking either. I just know that there's no one that's perfect. But that shouldn't keep it from pursuing the things of God. So I can look back in my life and think of people who encouraged me. I was a pastor. Maybe it was a brother in the Lord. Maybe they had the, had a compassionate heart. But oftentimes when I was younger, a young man, elders or older, mature men in the church would get in my world. And they would do it by grabbing my hand and looking me in the eyes Hi, and they wanted to know what I was up to, especially a couple of them. I couldn't hide. I'd try to get into the back row and just be quiet. that No one would notice me. And pretty soon, oh, Brother Galt would come. Oh, how are you guys? You know, my brother would be sitting. Oh, you guys, how, what are you up to today? He would get on our, you know, get on our wavelength. We'd talk about hunting. we talk about our trap line. we talked about all kinds of things that we like to do, but he would listen. But he was always there if there was a prayer time at the altar. He would be right there praying. And you know it was Brother Glenn Gold. That's what I'm talking about, the body of Christ, that men and women of God look out for the young people. And they're reaching out. They're caring. They're, they're, they're asking. They're inquisitive about young people's life. What are they up to? And so all these gifts that God gave to the church, evangelists, pastors, teachers, if we read it on, it is for the building up of the body of Christ, for the equipping of the saints, verse 12. You know that we've heard it said, the pastor's job is to help the people of God? And I've heard it this way, that the judgment day, the day of rewards, will be the best day of their life. Pastors, job teachers... To encourage people in their walk with the Lord, to encourage people in the faith. As Paul was saying, there's a lot of things coming down the pike, so to speak. Verse 13, and we'll see it, we're seeing it even all the more as we get closer to the end. And verse 14. As a result, we are no longer to be children. Here and there by wave, tossed here and there by waves, carried about by every wind of. Oh, that sounds pretty good. I think I'll buy under that. Oh, that, oh, whatever. That's pretty good over there too. But we're really not really getting in the right direction. And the enemy knows how to deceive, and wants to deceive believers. So, thank God for people like Vernon and others who, in this church who walk the faith, who live the life, who demonstrate to a, a people in the community and around and about that there is a real purpose for belonging to Jesus Christ. Thirdly, leaving the old, and I say living the new. It's not enough to leave the old lifestyle, but we have to embrace the new life. Not enough to put off the old man in us, the old part of us that doesn't want to do right. Not just enough, but we must be clothed with the new garment. Not enough just to be emptied, but to be filled with the new. And that's where the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ comes into play and comes to work out our life. To work out, as Philippians said, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Not work for it, but work things out. If there's things in our heart that we're tripping down over, we're struggling with, keep bringing it to the Lord. Maybe you need to talk to a friend in the Lord and just, hey, can you pray with me on this? And you believe with me on this and be accountable to someone. And so Ephesians is, is one of those letters that kind of challenges you. And so when I get down to verses 22 and on down to the last part of the whole chapter, verse 22 reads this, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self Which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Even gets down to the nitty gritty: be angry and yet do not sin. Verse twenty-six. Don't let the sun go down in your anger. And don't give the devil an opportunity. Not a sin to be angry. It's what we do when we're angry. That can become the sin. It's what I might say, or what I, my my attitude. And so you have to ask yourself, Lord, how am I doing? But really, we know how we're doing. We know how we're doing. But it's not about. God up in heaven, oh, if you mess up, bam. not about that. It's about losing missing out on God's best. If I'm walking with God and fall down, He's promised to lift me up and forgive me when I confess my sin, He's faithful. It's not a list of I have to do this and this and this in order to please God. It's not that. It's more on the side of, if I love you, God, then I won't want to do this. There's something of what is called conviction. And all of us are growing. All of us are in process. Don't give up on yourself, right? Don't throw yourself, don't put yourself down, which is my problem many times. I don't feel good enough or value enough. And that's wrong. And the Lord is saying to us, don't let the devil beat you. Don't give him a foothold. Let him who steals, he's talking about people who, would rather steal than work. Let him who steals steal no more, longer. But rather let him labor. He even talks about our language, verse twenty nine. No unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification. We're talking about the things that we used to do that we don't do anymore. It even can come down to, in my personal life, listening to certain kinds of music in my youth. Probably well, it wasn't where I needed to be. But the process of growing. Everyone's on a process. God is in the business of showing himself To us. Even things that are good can become hindrances if it takes away of my passion and my love toward the things of God. Even ministers or ministry can get in the way. Can become a we have to guard that we don't. say, well, I've done this for you, I've done that for you, Lord. Aren't you pleased? God's not into that. God's saying, I want you. I want you to know me. Will you seek me? Will you love me first? As Revelation challenges us to the church, several churches that were listed, remembered your first love. You can have good things. God's, uh, it's all good. But none of us, none of that could ever take the place of a pure devotion. And even if God doesn't do anything, he's already done enough. It's like I love God for who you are. Not for what you, you're you going to do for me. I love you for who you are. I love you because you are the only hope today. And if I want to see my children love God, then I have to love God. Then I need to love God. If I want my children to see uh, what, what's, the, what's the big deal about giving and tithing and giving to missionaries and being faithful, then I have to be. I have to show it. It has to be more than 12. And so our words are powerful. And then all bitterness, and he just kind of wraps it up don't grieve the Holy Spirit, verse 30. He reminds us that you were sealed. And all bitterness and anger, and wrath and clamor and slander, he put away from you along with all malice. James says this the tongue. Restless, full of deadly poison, but God. God gets a hold of a heart, the tongue gets fixed. At least it starts going in a better direction. It takes time, patience. God's been speaking to me. I believe he's speaking about people that I used to judge. If I heard a bad word, I'd judge them right off. I'd say, "Well, they're not even—they're not Christians." But I'm changing. When you see a person, and if they're talking, you know their their language is not what you would say, or you, you go, "Oh boy." You got to look past it. They're bought very often, and more times than not, they're hurting. They're upset. And a lot of times, they're broken. And God could save those kinds of people. Now I have a man, a neighbor that passed away, and lived over here, Wait quite a few miles, several years ago, quite a few actually. I met him on the job. One Easter, I think it was an Easter or Palm Sunday, he came into the church. He carved an angel. Still in my office. But this week I read his obituary. I didn't know he passed away. And I immediately thought, oh my goodness, I wasn't even there for him. I I thought back to some of the conversation that we had. He, would be, he was a Vietnam vet. He'd been hurt, emotions You know, a lot of stuff is messed up. But I believe that he had faith. And he brought that angel. I think he, he liked what we were doing here. And he wanted to contribute. See, God sees things past. All the facade, all the monstrousness sometimes of man. And they are broken kids. They're broken and they're, 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 they're in their need of encouragement. And I believe many times it wouldn't take much. If we show love to them, we'd be surprised how much that would make a difference. And I believe we can do that. I believe that's what God wants us to do. Love unconditionally. People don't have to be perfect to come to this church. Hallelujah! No one is. Let's get over it. We are imperfect people that serve a perfect God. We're not going to stay in our sins. That's not the whole. That's not to give a license to sin. It's growing up, coming to maturity, coming to understand that God loves people clearly. And so one of the ways that God, or at least the Lord, Talk to us about in His Word to remind us how we stay in harmony with through communion, and so I need a volunteer. Nathan, would you help me pass around the tray? And uh, as you're doing that, I'll talk a little bit. We we invite people to receive communion. Just pass around. People can there's both the emblem and and the juice is there. One of the things that the Lord was very important to him that he talked about was that when he had the Lord's, he had the Last Supper, as we know about it, he told the disciples, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. till we're in heaven someday. Jesus, how he lived his life, when he was on this earth, he realized that this earthly life was so short and temporal, simple. And he never intended any of us to get sidetracked, to get caught up, and miss out on the real life that's coming. Thank you. Yeah. And the reason I had one already? I have a hard time getting the covers off. And so I pre I pre start mine. And it's really embarrassing when you say, let's all eat together and I can't get the thing off. Don't you love how Jesus is so real with us? I'll wait. It's gonna be worth it, Lord. It's gonna be worth it, friends. It's worth the wait. No matter what you're facing right now, the Lord has enough for you. He says, When you when you do this, the Lord Paul was reminding his readers in Corinthians how Jesus did it. He broke it, he said, This is my body. Just for you, they they didn't understand it. They didn't catch it but they grew up. Later, some of these guys wrote wrote scriptures. They grew up. And we're growing up. Let's just take this a little bit. Thank you, Lord. You gave your body to be broken. So mutilated, so beaten, so willingly. And we receive you afresh and anew right now. This is simply a symbolic of what happens in our heart when we say yes to Jesus. Paul wrote later, the same way he took the cup also after supper and, when, and to think, what in the world? as a kid. What did he mean after supper? I mean, we called it supper when I was growing. What it means is he took the bread and, you know, he dipped it in, in, in wine. Juice. He said, this is a new covenant. See, this is why we have even all the more reason to grow up We have the power of the Holy Spirit. New covenant through His blood. And as often as we drink this, we proclaim the Lord's death. We proclaim the Lord's victory. We proclaim He's coming again. We take a moment to just receive this together. I want you in your heart, encourage you to proclaim victory. The cross is where the price was paid for, and we are freed from all condemnation. When we accept Christ, He comes to live within us and overcome, helps us to overcome. Yes, we have moments when we fail. He is going to help us. We will look to Him. Lord, help us as we grow in the things of God to make some progress. Little by little, we see Your hand at work. We see ourselves as so often. Not there yet, but we believe as Paul said it himself, I press on. I don't pretend that I have arrived. I am not there yet. But someday I will be made complete. And that day will be a day that we look forward to. We Pray now. You'll give us the victory. That word is because of the power that comes to Jesus Christ.